Hey, good morning, my friends. Welcome to 2023. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. little bit of music from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew. Always sets me to thinking about road trips. Well, here at the Jim Hinckley's America Studios in Kingman, Arizona, within spitting distance of Route 66, it's uh, 50 degrees and it is raining. It's coming down harder than... It's like a cow peeing on a flat rock. My gosh, it's raining. Hey, I hope everybody is staying warm and and well. And hopefully you didn't uh you're not starting the day off with a bit of a headache. That would not be a good thing. Uh, you know, before we get this thing going, we're gonna do something a little bit different today. I've got a story I want to share with you. Uh I'm going to talk about the old territorial jail in Kingman. But let me set the stage with a great story of murder and mayhem. Something to kind of brighten the day, get started on a lighter note, huh? This is an article from 1905. Quote, about nine o'clock Sunday morning, Clement C. Lee shot and killed Jesse Bowders in the Badlands section of Gold Road. Now, Gold Road is now a ghost town uh, along Route 66 in the Black Mountains of Western Arizona. And to kind of set this stage, Jesse Bowders was a, um, a madam, a woman of ill repute. And the reason this story ends up making uh, state headlines for several years and national headlines eventually is Jesse uh, was from Germany and she had come to the mining town of Jerome and built a lucrative business in the prostitution trade, but she was very generous and well-known in the community. And she had moved to the new mining town of Gold Road, another boom town. So here we are, and she shot and killed. The particulars of the shooting, as learned at the coroner's inquest, are as follows. Lee and the woman that had been living together for several years, and lately the woman had been trying to get rid of the man, but he could not be shaken off. Saturday evening, Lee had hung around the saloon conducted by the woman and had apparently not gone to bed. It turns out later, Lee had a possible drug issue, uh, laudanum, a few other things, and he was a very, very bad and violent alcoholic. Uh, early in the morning, he and others took a drink to the bar and a conversation stated that he intended to get a certain sum of money 
if he had to die to do it. Shortly after that, Lee went to Jeannie Bowder's room and kicked in the door. He was armed with two pistols. The woman attempted to escape. The first shot was fired at her in the room as she ran toward the street. Lee followed, shooting as he went. Three shots were fired, all taking effect in the head and body of the woman. At the third shot, she fell in the road, in the stony ground close to the wagon ruts. Lee went back into the cellar under the house unoccupied by the woman for the purpose of reloading the gun, so it is supposed, and immediately returned to the spot where the body of the woman lay. Observing that she was not yet dead, he moved her head so they could get a better shot and then deliberately fired six shots. In doing so, he remarked, You're not dead yet, are you? Lee placed the gun to his own breast and after selecting the right spot, fired. The bullet ranging around a rib and stopping under the arm, producing but a slight wound. He then laid himself on the ground by the woman's body as though he expected to die right away. He carefully placed his hat over his face to shield it from the sun. A crowd then gathered, and soon, Constable Fred Brown came up and took Lee to the lockup. When the brute was shooting the woman, begged pitifully to be spared, but the man was bent on destroying her life and refused to la listen to her. The people of Gold Road were wrought up over the killing, but there was no leader to carry out the sentiment of vengeance, and the cold-blooded assassin was brought to Kingman and lodged in the county jail. Well, that's the opening salvo of this story. And uh, the next chapter, we, we move forward here, and it became a real lengthy uh, trial. This is 1905. 1907, January, the temporary insanity plea of C.C. Lee when he murdered Jeannie Bowders in Mojave County have been filed with Governor Kibbe. Attorney Leroy Anderson will appear before the governor next Monday in an effort to establish Lee's insanity and secure for him a sentence of life imprisonment instead of hanging. Uh, he was given a reprieve of 35 days by the governor. The appeals went all the way to the governor. Mrs. Stevens and the daughter and aunt and cousin, respectively, of C.C. Lee, who has been convicted and sentenced to death for the murder of Jeannie Bowders some months ago, are in Phoenix making a personal plea to the governor for a commutation of the sentence. They didn't stop there. They went all the way to the President of the United States trying to secure a lighter sentence. Well, it turns out it didn't work. And Mr. Lee, this was the first and only hanging on the courthouse grounds in Kingman, Arizona. Now, let me uh, share this with you. Uh, we have a very rare artifact that a lot of folks miss here in Kingman. It's sandwiched between our 1914 courthouse and the new monstrosity of modern architecture that was built two years ago, the Superior Courts building right next door, stuck in between is a very nondescript concrete building. It says jail. It's one of the last freestanding territorial era jails in the state of Arizona. So let me share this a little bit with you, and then I'll finish up our story with Mr. Lee. 
give you something to look forward to. Look for the next time you're traveling Route 66. Kind of a landmark. Built between 1909 and 1910, the old Mojave County Jail is a rare, tangible link to the closing years of the territorial era in Arizona. It remained in use until 1965, when a new jail in the courthouse basement was completed. Currently, the building is being used for storage, but last week I learned that the jail is going to be uh, given to the museum. They're going to clean it up and start allowing uh, its use for tours. This is pretty exciting. I'll tell you another reason why. The Pauley Jail Building Company of Missouri, they were awarded the construction contract for the jail cells. As an interesting footnote, the company was established in 1856. They're still in business. This is the oldest single-family-owned contracting company in the United States that specializes in the construction of correctional facilities. Now, how's that for a tidbit? Like my Paul always said, better to fill the head with useless knowledge than no knowledge at all. The history of prior jails in Kingman and former county seats in Surbet, Mineral Park, and Hardyville, and all three of those towns are now gone. That story, that part of the history is kind of vague. One of the earliest references that I could find about uh, a jail was a published article dated January 1884 that noted that funding had been approved in the amount of $1,400 for a jail to be built in Mineral Park. Now, there's ample evidence that incarceration in the Mojave County Jail after the dawn of the 20th century was considered a joke by outlaws. It wasn't quite as bad as Yuma, but it was a joke. And it was an absolute embarrassment for the county that presented itself as being a very progressive, modern, uh, growing area. Published in the fall of 1907 in the Mojave Minor was a particularly comedic story. Quote, because all the prisoners in the Mojave County Jail, grown tired of the sameness of the menu and their surroundings, walked away a short time ago. All of the fugitives now face additional charges for the jailbreak. None of the escapees have yet been caught. An article published in the same newspaper in September 1908 noted that, quote, sometime yesterday afternoon, two prisoners slipped through one of the jail gratings and made their escape. They were two boys held for robbing the section house at Barry. The continual escapes are similar to the early days of Yuma, when prisoners were wont to take a dinner knife and fork and carve their way to freedom through the adobe walls. Anytime a husky fellow wishes to desert the Mojave County Jail, all he has to do is put his back to one of the cages and shove a hole through the walls of the buildings. But most of the prisoners are more considerate. They only pull out the frame of one of the gratings and squeeze themselves through. And the jail, of course, was not the only crime-related news that put the media spotlight on Kingman in the first decades of the new century. At 2 o'clock in the afternoon of January 19, 1907, a story about C.C. Lee came to an end. He was hung in the yard of the Mojave County Jail and buried in the Pioneer Cemetery, which is now under the high school football field. This was the culmination, like say, of a 
just an incredible legal battle that by the time it went to an appeal to the president, it was the subject of national headlines. When appeals had been exhausted and the date of execution was set, his mother sent a wire to President Theodore Roosevelt, and uh, she sent a picture of the boy and claimed that he was a victim of uh, the demon rum. And, well, it didn't work. The governor, Kirby, nor the president responded. Throughout the trial and the subsequent appeals, Lee had played the tough guy. He showed no remorse. He laughed as testimony was given. He spent the morning of his execution writing letters to family and friends. But then, when the death warrant was read to him in the court of the jail, and he was told that his appeal was not going to be forthcoming, well, his bravado kind of vanished. The newspaper article says that when the jailer bound him, he fainted and struck his head on the cell. Quote, the gash bred bled profusely, but a bandage was applied and he was led to the scaffold in a nearly unconscious state. He had to be held up as the cap and noose were adjusted. As far as I can find, that was the only hanging on the courthouse square in Gangman, Arizona. Well, on May 15, 1909, the county published an announcement that John Mulligan had taken the concrete contract for the concrete work on the new jail. The expected date of completion for the project was September 1910. Mulligan was well known in Kingman and surrounding areas. He was the primary contractor for both the Brunswick Hotel and the Hotel Beale, both of which are still standing along Andy Devine Avenue, which is Route 66 here in Kingman. In July 1909, an article published about the project noted that Mulligan and Pendergast were commencing work on the foundation and that construction of the jail was to begin within 60 days. Interestingly, the article noted that a covered bridge was to be built between the jail and the courthouse. Now, I don't know if that bridge was ever built. I can find no record of it and no photographs. If so, if it was built, it was removed when the courthouse was moved to the west as construction on the new courthouse began. Now, there's a persistent urban legend that when the new courthouse was built, the old courthouse was moved to Front Street, Route 66 now, crossed from the railroad depot, renovated and operated as the commercial hotel until the early 1950s. I found out where this urban legend got started, and I found out where the confusion is. Before that courthouse, there was the Taggart House on Beale Street, and that was a hotel uh, that was used as a temporary courthouse. That was the building that was moved over to Front Street and used as the commercial hotel. Apparently, the other courthouse was uh, demolished and the materials were used in another project. Well, by the end of January 1910, the walls of the new jail were complete, the forms removed. Then on October 27th of that year, the structure was inspected by the county's special committee. And except for a lack of gratings on the lower windows of the sheriff's office and main entrance and the need for a steel door between the main corridor and the sheriff's office and residence, they approved the project. Now, the jail is uh, one of the points of interest on the uh, 
newly developed narrated self-guided historic district walking tour that was spearheaded by Kingman and Main Street. Uh, and that was set up as a virtual tour as well as an actual walking tour. And you can take a look at it at kingman.tours is the website. Uh, you know, since since I did the research for the jail, I continue digging into others because we're going to be working on phase two of the uh, walking tour project shortly. And so I keep delving through newspaper archives and things. And I found a very, very, uh, just a, a wonderful story from uh, 1907, before this new jail was built. Uh, and there's a kind of a Barney Fife element to this story. But Henry Lovin was the county sheriff at the time. And after a disastrous fire had erased a lot of the buildings uh, between 3rd and 4th Street on Front Street, which is now Andy Devine Avenue, Route 66, Henry Lovin built the Palace Saloon, a fireproof structure, all concrete. Still there, by the way. It's called the Sportsman Saloon now. It's a territorial era dive bar, real classy place. Well, anyway, uh, imagine Mr. Lovin's surprise when he had arrested two young boys for cattle rustling, put them in the Mojave County Jail. And uh, that evening he was down at the Palace Saloon. He walked in the door and there were the two young boys. And, uh, well, guess what? <laughs> they had uh, decided to have a couple beers and after dinner so they let themselves out of the jail and uh, went down to the saloon we're gonna have a couple of beers they intended to return to the jail but mr levin walked in on them and uh well they were arrested and uh, uh additional time was added to their sentence and they were shipped up to the jail in prescott arizona turned out the boys had done that several times while they were in jail after dinner, they'd simply uh, let themselves out of jail, went down to the saloon, had a few beers, and went back, and they had lifted the bars. The wood was rotten. They lifted the bars out of the wall, went down, had a few beers, came back to their jail cell, and uh, put the bars back up. Well, isn't that a story? Times have definitely changed. Well, you know, we're going to try to do uh, more of this uh in uh future programs and uh we'd like to hear some of your stories but what we're going to be doing is sharing some snapshots of uh frontier eras and on future programs we will have this all set up for call-ins uh this morning i've only got it set for uh, uh for messages you can type in your questions, and I'll try to answer them here. But starting next week, we're going to have uh, have this all set up for call-ins and uh, make this a little more interactive program. I hope you enjoyed this today, and I hope you saw, if you find yourself in Kingman, you uh, try out this new uh, self-guided walking tour. I think you're going to find it interesting. The jail is just one of the stops. There's uh, several there on the courthouse plaza. It's uh, really pretty interesting. We'll talk uh, about the uh, World War I monument on the plaza. Uh, I've been talking to the folks in Tucumcari about a similar endeavor. 
You know, Tucum Carry New Mexico uh, is not only a sponsor of this program, they're, they're a favorite stop of mine. And for the Route 66 enthusiast, people are really familiar with uh, the Blue Swallow Motel, its beautiful neon sign and trim, and the Motel Safari, and my favorite, the Roadrunner Lodge. Uh, just an incredible job that David Brenner has done there, creating a uh, 1960s time capsule. Uh, but Tucum Carry really is, should, should be more than a stop on the way to. It should be a destination. And uh, you can learn more about Tucum Carry at uh, visit tucumcarrynm.com. I think uh, you'd find that pretty interesting. Well, I hope you enjoyed this this morning. Like say, future programs uh, this year, we're gonna we're gonna try this for a bit. We're gonna delve into some uh, old newspaper stories and uh, add a little window into the past, if you will. And uh, at the same time, we'll inspire some road trips, like uh, well, road trip to Kingman, Arizona. Can always take the train. My friends, do you have any questions? Uh, anything I can answer for you? Glad to see everyone here this morning. Mr. Nolan, uh, I hope things back in the Carolinas are good. Miss Maggie from East Lansing. Keith, I won't ask how the weather is where you're at. I got a pretty good idea. We've got ourselves a good old-fashioned toad-strangling rain going on right now here in Kingman. Uh, my friends, uh, upcoming things coming up for the new year. Our next, our first episode of the new year for Car, car Talk from the Main Street of America. It's uh, up on Fridays. Is uh, We're going to be talking about pickup trucks. The new electric Ford pickup trucks and... Uh, Pickups that you may have forgotten, like the Dodge Swepside pickup, a kind of a crazy looking truck that was produced by Dodge in the late 1950s, where they took the side panels from the DeSoto station wagons and mounted them on the trucks to give them a, quote, a modern appeal, uh, an appearance, and ended up with a truck with tail fins. Strange as hell. That's something we'll be talking about on Car Talk from the Main Street of America. Uh, if you miss any of our programs, you can find them archived on Spotify and major podcast platforms, or we have embedded players now, uh, for both programs on the Jim Hinckley's America, uh, website, Jim Hinckley's America.com. And, uh, you can find the programs archived there for your listening pleasure. So. Did you enjoy this this morning? Start the start the uh, year off with a little bit of tale of murder and mayhem and uh, insanity. Uh, Jesse Bowders was a really interesting uh, gal. Um, I'm still digging some uh, material up on her. We'll to we should talk about her in a future program. Society had a different view in those years on morality and uh, community service, if you will. Well, my friends, if there's no questions, I uh, hope you enjoyed this. And I hope you found it interesting. And uh, I hope everybody uh, this year, let's, uh, 
Well, here's the new adventures and uh, new adventures shared with friends. My friends, please invite uh, folks and let's make this a coffee party. Let's make this a more of a program. I will have uh, information about next week's program posted shortly. We're going to have some uh, real fun this year. We got some programs from the road coming up. And uh, one last note, speaking of on the road, I am, uh, the uh, schedule of appearances is updated regularly now on the Jim Hinckley's America website. And uh, I will be in Phoenix uh, in 1st of February. Uh, Let's see, speaking about Route 66 in Arizona, I will be in Needles. Uh, mid-February at the Route 66 Info Fair. And, well, find the whole schedule there. I hope to see each and every one of you this year on the road. And, uh, well, till we meet again, my friends. Via Cadillos. Adios. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.